0: www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com. If I know that I need to build uh, or I need three ideal clients a month, then I know, okay, that's my goal for the month. I don't have to think about the 36 I have to get for the year to make this happen. I just have to think about the three. This is the real bottom line where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome to The Real Bottom Line. Today we're gonna change things up just a little and we're gonna talk about the five numbers that every entrepreneur needs to know. And they're not what you think your accountant might want you to know. So first I'll just do, uh, I think that one of the things we gotta think about sometimes is the big picture. And how our businesses are keeping us busy, but are are we looking at how is it going to ever set us free? And thinking about that balance of professional and personal life, I mean, it's hard to balance. And I think that, you know, some of the interviews we've had in the past talked about integration and and the flow. And I think that's probably a more apt uh, description and, but one of the things that's in behind all of that is, you know, our relationship with m- numbers, and we've talked about this in the past about how they are a little bit of a, a num- uh, necessary evil and for some people they take some of their energy out of their day and the love they have for it, or maybe they're doing it only when they have to. And these things can become bigger and bigger the more they procrastinate and can cause stress and anxiety. But that, you know, it's a function of life sometimes that we're just busy doing things. And so we may not get to those things. But so I think that's sometimes why we, when we think about it, we need to reposition it because numbers can set us free and they can complement your why. If you're in business to do greater good into the world, um, that is a very good purpose, but in behind that, it's also to make a living and to have the life that you want. So you need to become, or I believe you should think about becoming more deliberate about how you grow your business and also understanding more about the big picture. So I've tracking it down into five numbers and the five numbers are, one is your weekly spending, What can you spend on your lifestyle every week and have no worries? What can you, what will your personal life cost? So a lot of times our business and personal can intersect a fair amount. So if we pull them apart a little bit and we build a picture of our ideal life, what does that cost? What is your business success number? What is your freedom number? And finally, what is your shockproof number? And for some people, there's a bonus number is what's your legacy number? So let's dive down into each of those numbers just a little bit. So your lifestyle spending number. In the world that we live in here at uh, Blackstar, we have the one number solution. And that number covers, it's every week it, it resets and it covers your groceries, your eating out, your haircuts, your nails, your gifts, your clothing. And it allows you, um, to spend within that number and not feel any guilt or anxiety whatsoever. So if some of them uh, will not necessarily be in there every week but maybe it's a treat that you wanna do and if there's money left in your number, you just go ahead and do it. It gives you all kinds of freedom from that respect. Once you've built out what that total personal number looks like, so you have your weekly spending number, you have your monthly expenses that you need to take care of every month. Um, I hate the word budget, but sometimes you do need to budget some things and that might be things like travel, your children's activities, uh, maintenance on your home. Like if you're doing any kind of renovations or any kind of work around the house, you're gonna wanna have a a defined number you're trying to work within. (laughs) which is, I guess, another word for budget. But you know what I'm saying is that because I sometimes feel that budget and diet are kind of in the same vein, and they both mean restrictions. So I like to think of things in an abundant point of view. So when we add all those things up, what we're going to spend annually, what we're going to spend monthly, and what we're going to spend weekly, that tells us what our personal life will need from a funding perspective on an after-tax basis, right? So if you added all those numbers up and they added up to $50,000, you know that you need to have your business produce enough income that you can pull out of it, that you can pay CRA part of that money and give yourself $50,000 after you've paid CRA. So that is your second number is that whole big picture of how much does your life need to be funded? Depending on what stage you're at, that can can change as well. Um, Some people, you know, maybe they're just getting started in their business, so they may have a less than ideal life. They're prepared to kind of live for a period of time while they're ramping up their business and then they're going to fund the ideal life with the travel that they want to do personally and the things they want to do with their family for experiences and things like that. So be, you know, kind of have some grace on yourself if you're figuring these numbers out that you can have a lower one as you're jack, uh, getting things started and then you can have a bigger one as things start pumping along. So what is your business? Well, your business is is a tool to help you fulfill your Purpose, but it's also to fund that personal life of yours, right? So we've got to keep that in mind. A lot of people sometimes stop paying themselves or don't pay themselves enough, and that can be very problematic sometimes down the road. So once we know, for example, that our personal life is going to cost 50 after tax, we can start looking at our own business numbers and start looking at things like, what are our cost of goods sold? What are is our overhead numbers? What is uh, the taxes we're going to have to put a, aside from a business perspective, and add that all up, and then you can come to what I call your top line number, and not being a vanity number, but what sales, taking into account all those factors, do you need to do so that you end up being able to pay yourself fifty thousand dollars. And what I like to do here with this number is I'll start out with looking at it from an annual perspective, and then try and break it down into something that you can relate to. Uh, If you sell widgets, I need to sell so many widgets per month. If you are a consultant, maybe you have to bill so much per week, or you have to bill so much per month, or have this many clients when my average client size is X. And this. Breaking it down helps you set good goals, right? So if I know that I need to build uh, or I need three ideal clients a month, then I know, okay, that's my goal for the month. I don't have to think about the 36 I have to get for the year to make this happen. I just have to think about the three. So coming up in the next month, I need to get three new clients. So then you can focus your activities on those three, and it makes it a little, breaking it down and chunking it down in our heads uh, can sometimes alleviate stress as well and keep us focused so that we're not going into overwhelm of, oh my God, where am I going to get 36? No, you just got to get three. So figuring out how to get the three and then just repeating that process every month will make it easier. One of the things I think is also important on a business side is evaluating your product and services uh, from a, a different perspective and looking at um, things like, um, let's say you're going to do a course and at one point you're going to do it in person and you're going to go all, you're going to travel four hours to deliver that course. So, first off, you have to think about all the things that are going to go into that course. So, you have to put the development time you're putting into it you have to put in, the time you have to spend uh, selling people into the course, the money you're going to spend getting them into the course, the travel time you have to take to go deliver the course, the time to deliver the course. So now you can start breaking that down to see what am I truly earning on this particular product offering. Then you can compare and contrast it with your others and you can start to see which ones actually produce more profit and margin for you. And those are the ones you want to focus on. So if you have three product offerings, and one contributes $100, one contributes $500, one contributes 1000, well, you should probably be focusing on the $1,000 product, so that that way you have bigger bang for your buck. And that's the kind of thing on the business side you want to think about. Your fourth number is your shockproof number. We've kind of all been through this in the last 18 months or so with COVID. And we look at how much um, that all shocked us. You know, some people, it shocked your system in a good way. All of a sudden you had more sales and more to do and you had to uh, deal with that. For a great number of people though, there was a a day, you know, oh, my business is shutting down tomorrow and I have no idea what's gonna happen. So when we think of shockproof, it could be something like a pandemic. It could be something like, unfortunately (laughs) you played in traffic and it didn't work out so well for you. So maybe you're in the hospital with a broken leg or a broken back or something. Well, how is your business gonna continue to run without you? Do you have those in place? Do you have pockets of access to capital? Do you have all those things, um, access to capital? Do you have a buffer built up? Do you have insurances that can help you with some of the things that can be insured so that you can make sure that if something goes wrong, you can shockproof your business and your life. Now, the fifth number, which I really, really like as well, is your freedom of choice number. When we're talking to entrepreneurs a lot, uh, and we use the word retirement, you can almost see there's a great deal of them goes, oh my God, no, no, I'm never going to retire. Uh, I just love what I do. I just love what I do. And, and so let's, ref- I, I like to reframe that a little bit. Then, when well, let's look, when is your freedom of choice? when can you say, you know what, I am done and go and have no worries from a financial perspective. So what is that freedom number? What is the number that, you know, I am clear. So If you're building a business that can be sellable, you need to know what that would look like. How long would it take to sell? What would the price be? What other assets are you building up? For example, real estate, RSPs, TFSAs, corporate savings accounts, life insurance, those types of things, all these assets that you're building along the way, um, do you know what they need to add up to, to know that you're, that you could pull the trigger at any time? or you could slow down. So when we look at it from that perspective, it's not about, oh, this is, uh, it's 65, the day after I'm completely done. It could be more of a, you know what? Uh, It is, I'm now 68, I'm just tired. You know, I'd really like to spend more time. I wanna spend more time with my grandkids. I wanna spend more time traveling or doing some other things. You can't. So just having the power of knowing that, what that number is and when you have hit it it opens up a whole new world for you in terms of options, and I really like it when people start thinking like that, as opposed to, I'm going to retire, right? But, Ret- you know, for a lot of people, retire assumes that you really hate what you're doing and you can't wait to be done. <laughs> so it's more of a, you know, let's, let's add in some choice numbers. My bonus number is your legacy. And so I don't find a lot of people really start thinking about that till they start hitting their 50s um, and or 60s and they're starting to have grandkids or maybe their kids are older or they're just starting to think about um, uh, mortality and those types of things. So now it's starting to think about legacy. And that is a nice segue plan and that is, what do you want to leave behind? You know, what do you want your family to have? What do you want your kids to have? Um, If you have had properties and and things of that nature, have you thought about, um, oh, okay, I really, I have three apartment buildings and three kids, so they're each gonna get one. Yes, but there's some tax consequences. How are those gonna be funded? Um, And really thinking about that so that you can actually um, ensure that what you want to have happen at the end happens and that you have found a way to pay uh, CRA because CRA is everywhere with us. (laughs) So that is our bonus number is all that. And so when you think about those five numbers, you think about they run the gamut, right? It's weekly spending. It's what your life costs annually uh, after taxes. It is what does your business need to do to fund your life? because that kind of is your baseline and everything else above that is is bonus and, and in this is growth, et cetera. Then there's your shock proof number, your freedom number, and as a bonus number, your legacy number. And all of those are part of a financial plan. And I think it's important that you start looking at all your assets and how are they contributing to all of these different numbers in different ways and being deliberate about which assets are you growing and how are you growing them. And that way it makes sure you can make sure that you're going to get where you want to be and it adds that level of of almost gamification to your numbers, because now you're tracking something that has great intrinsic value to you. For example, if you're tracking your freedom number to know when you are free of uh, responsibility, if you so choose, that can be fun. And you can look at it on us every three, six months and go, oh, okay, I'm this much closer. I'm this much closer. So it can really be a good, fun way to do it. So those are your five numbers and we love to work with entrepreneurs and helping them figure those all out. So now I will open it up for any quick questions. We're a short one today. Um, Melanie,
1: Melanie, do you have any questions on this one? Um I do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um so just for context, we're very early stage startup, but later in my life. Uh yeah. so kind of a unique situation I don't have like a career history I was an at-home parent so yeah um, you give us a sense of like just when you're starting with like from scratch how does that look for like future planning and stuff and within your business and also taking into account growth because in the business we need to grow to get to that number you know my the salary that I would like to have um I also need to hire more people and I need to figure that piece out as well. Is that something you also help your business owners with like that part of the growth? Sometimes we
0: bring someone in our team on that for sure. Uh, Melanie, I think that, it is important to balance that out because what happens, I think, naturally is that um, the, the startup is our little baby and we want to feed the baby, but you still have to, it's, it's still an airport uh, airplane situation where you have yeah. to feed yourself first. Yeah. <laughs> so, and sometimes I see that people will um, stop paying themselves or stop whatever, and they get themselves into financial trouble. They use up all their resources feeding the baby, and then all of a sudden, um, the baby decides that it doesn't like you anymore and goes away. And um, you know, and you're left there with all this financial baggage mm. from a very um,
1: unha- uh, you know, an <laughs>
0: ungrateful baby.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's that analogy. Yeah, because as a startup, most startup founders, you don't like, how do you make that transition? How do you plan for that transition when you're, say, going to uh, fundraise or something like that? And, you know, because most, well, I don't know of any startups that pay themselves first because you're working for free in the beginning in like the tech startup space. And it's a little different, I think, for other entrepreneurs who have a product they can start selling. And I don't mean it's easy because that's hard. I just mean that, I think I can see a clear path when you're selling products or a service like right from the beginning of your business Mm -hmm. as to a startup when you you have the development phase and then you have the seed phase. So like how... How do you I think t- it has to be part of the thing you think about though. Right. So you
0: can't uh, build a startup that you're never going to feed yourself. Right. Yeah. But I think that can sometimes be, well, you know, I just won't bother and then I only need this much money or what have yeah. you. Um, and, and you can't because um, is that it's harder, I think when you're younger too, because of the feasibility around it all to make sure it's feasible and all those pieces Um, you know, and you know, I guess what you you're older with children, it's harder than when you're, you know, can live in your parents' basement (laughs) for things. Yeah. Kelsey, you have a question?
1: Oh, it's just a thought on that too. It's, um,
0: yeah, paying yourself. The salary's always kind of got to be on the financial statements, because if you need to do other things, you need to backfill what you're doing. So. Well, and the other piece there is by going through the exercising and knowing your first two numbers, um, you can actually know what you need to be asking for and requiring of your startup to feed you. So when you go for funding, it's in there, right? And it's a reasonable number that you've thought through and can rationalize as opposed to just something, oh, well, I heard all startup up. founders make 100. (laughs) You know what I mean? So you could probably, that would be lovely. Uh, But if you could, but if you can rationalize that in your discussions for financing, or when you're doing rounds, it probably gives you a lot more power and confidence in asking for that number.
1: And is there, so what you've got me thinking of now is, I can see like a, a salary progression plan too for a startup founder. So like you would start at, you know, what do I need to cover with all yeah. of the things that you had and then progress to yeah. that point where you get your freedom number in your startup and then you're constantly keeping that front and center in your mind, because for your business to be successful, you need to also thrive as the founder. Right. right? Well, the
0: other piece around your freedom number as well is as you're thriving and you're building up additional assets outside of your business, right. you as a startup what is your exit strategy and what does that need to look like at a minimum for you to achieve your freedom number, right? Because that now gives you a benchmark towards what you're looking to build your company to at a minimum mm-hmm. is that it has a value of X because that value of X gives Melanie her life right, to do whatever else she wants to when she does and chooses to exit on her own terms. Right.
1: Cool. And I like how you said about the freedom number as opposed to retirement i'm a huge believer in language it makes i've seen it I, yeah. I my background is in teaching and i see the difference and even with kids and just even talking with clients the language you use matters yes um so much so when you talk about a freedom number retirement's like an end freedom's like beginning and so you can choose to because a lot of times um we're a slightly different kind of startup uh like social enterprise so we're not a 10x growth unicorn uh, type company, but more patient capital is, is our go. And I I don't have any desire to leave it. You know, I don't because well, typically the startup yeah. are like, okay, we're gonna get to a certain point and then exit, which means somebody else acquires your company. Yeah. Um, that's not what I want for the purpose of the business and for, you know, for myself. Yeah. Um, so exit reframing that exit to like a freedom number for me where I could choose to exit if I wanted to is really helpful. Yeah. And
0: again, you know, I I remember a story. I was talking to someone who uh, was developing a franchise and they um, developed the franchise. I think they had 10 locations or 12. Anyway, let's say 10 to 20 locations. And then they sold and they said, we're selling to somebody whose specialty is taking a, a franchise with 20 locations and building it to a hundred. And then they're going to sell it to someone whose specialty is taking it from the hundred to the thousand. Right. So it's fascinating about uh, just even positioning that in your mind, because mm. sometimes we're not the best people to be taking it to the thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Doesn't mean you're not doing great good by passing it along to someone else. It's just yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of The Real Bottom Line where we know the real bottom line is know your five numbers.
1: Thank you for listening to The Real Bottom Line.
0: This show is produced by Black Star Wealth. Executive producer Wendy Brookhouse. To learn more about the show or to contact us, go to blackstarwealth.com.